Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Good morning, Rockbrook. Are you there? Good morning. You can be seated. We're going to jump right in today. We are celebrating baptism at Rockbrook Church today. Uh, We celebrate this every month, but this week uh, we are celebrating 1,000 baptisms at Rockbrook Church. We are so excited for that. Yes. Come on now. I'm so thankful for Pastor Kelly who founded this church on the Great Commission, and we've seen people uh, come forward to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today I want to take an opportunity to talk about what baptism is. So we're going to push pause on the relationship series, and we're going to talk about the meaning of baptism today. There's three reasons uh, I, want to, I want to do that, three reasons why, uh, whether or not we have uh, even anyone in this service come forward uh, to get baptized, why I'm excited about this. The first reason is that there are a lot of you who are new to church, and so I want to talk about baptism so that when you see us do baptism, you know what that is. Uh, the second reason we want to talk about baptism is because some of you need to make the decision to get baptized. And I'm really hoping that if you haven't made that decision, that you will make that decision today. Some of you have known Jesus for a little while. Some of you have known Jesus for a long while, and you've never been baptized. And I pray that something about this service today will give you the courage to come forward and say, uh, that's me. And it's never too late to do that. All the baptisms in the Bible, by the way, were spontaneous. Uh, They weren't planned months in advance. They just happened, and I'll show you that today. Uh, But you can make the decision to be baptized like today. Uh, You may be wanting to think throughout this message, is this me today? Is this for me? We had eight people last night who were not planning on being baptized come forward uh, to be baptized at our Saturday night services. And so, yes, come on now. The third reason I want to talk about baptism today is that baptism helps us to remember. And remembrance is one of the keys to living in the victory uh, of Christ Jesus, the victory that Christ has given to you and to me. Remembrance is going to be a key for that. All throughout Scripture, it talks about remembering, that we should be a remembering people, that when you're headed into this new trial and this new season and you're wondering if God will be faithful, that you can look back and say, yes, he is. I'm going to remember that he has not failed me yet. So when we celebrate baptism, we're remembering that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, our old life died and a new future began because of the work and the power of Christ in our lives. That's what we're celebrating today. So uh, some of you are new, some of you are going to get baptized today, and some of you are going to remember in a powerful way. In fact, we're kind of doing a cool thing that um, if you've been baptized here, you're, you're one of the 1,000, you could come up after the service, and we've got a thing you could hold to say, I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm one of the 1,000, I am one life changed. Uh, so we're celebrating and remembering that when we went under the water, Something was left behind, and when we brought back up, there was something new happening on the inside of us. 2 Corinthians 5 uh, just has a couple of really powerful verses here. It says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. 
Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, know so, we do so no longer. So we used to see one another and take one another at just face-up value. That here's this kind of person, and here's what they look like, and here's what they, where they work, and here's their passions and their interests. Here's their strengths, here's their flaws, and here's who this person is. And we used to think of Christ that way, that he was just another guy walking around on the earth. And we've learned that we don't regard him that way any longer. And we're not going to regard one another in a face-up kind of way anymore. Because if anyone is, and say those two words with me, in Christ, the new creation has come the old is gone the new is here and I love that when Paul wrote this he put an exclamation point at the end of that because all the verses are good but he's saying this one's really really good and it means that if anyone at any time in any place any man any woman with any background if they are in Christ there is something new going on they are a new creation and something powerful has changed in them the old has gone away And behold, they are a new creation. And we don't regard them the way we used to because God is doing something powerful. It's the story of the gospel. Those those two words are just so powerful. In Christ. You see, the new creation comes when we get in Christ, when we get into a relationship with Christ. It's when our life and Christ are joined together. So you don't get to be the new creation by getting in Christ the water, you get it by getting in Christ. And you get saved in Christ. You don't get saved in the water, you get saved in Christ. Baptism isn't going to make you a believer. It's going to show you are one. It's going to be a representation, a symbol. It's going to show you are in Christ. Baptism doesn't save you and get you into heaven. Baptism shows that you are saved and you're getting into heaven. Because the only thing that's going to get you into heaven is whether or not you are in Christ. Meaning you are trusting in Christ for your salvation. And baptism is the outward expression of that faith. It's a lot of people relate it to this. A lot of preachers do. And I, I, I will too. Because uh, almost 10 years ago, I stood on this stage uh, in front of a room uh, packed full of people. And I stood right about here. And I looked this way. And I said two words out loud in front of this person right here and in front of the room full of people and I really had looking back I had no idea what I was saying but I said two words I said I do and for the last 10 years I have been discovering all the fine print to the two words I do (laughs) and it's been awesome And it's been challenging. And it's been an adventure. But I didn't know when I stood before God and all these people, everything that I was saying. It didn't mean I was never going to stumble. It didn't mean that I I knew everything that was going on. I was just declaring, here's the direction of my heart from this day forward. Here's the desire of my heart. And when you get in the water, you're saying, when I got into Christ, I became a new creation. And it doesn't mean you won't stumble. It just means your desires have changed. It means your defense for life has changed because now Jesus, not only are we in Christ, he is in us and we have a new defense for life. And nobody, nobody getting baptized, none of the 1,000 people stood before their church family to say, I'm perfect. I used to be really messed up, but I'm not messed up anymore. And um, I just got it all together. And so here I am to tell you that I got this whole thing turned around and I got it all together and I'm perfect today. No, 
everyone who came forward was saying to their friends and their family and their church body, you know me, I'm not perfect, but I met someone who is perfect. I met the perfect one who accomplished what no one else could, what I could not do. And now, by the power of him in my life, my life is joined up with him, and he's going to work in me to make me like him. And he is now changing my life. So what is changing? What is changing? What is the life change that we're saying is happening when we get baptized? Well, there's just a few things I want to talk about today that happen when we are in Christ If you're taking notes, the first thing that's changing is our lives are changing. They've changed from knowing a historical Jesus to knowing a personal Jesus. You're saying, I knew there was a Jesus on the pages of history, but now I know there's a real Jesus in my life. And that's a big shift. Because I've been working in this community for a while now, and I've yet to find someone who's never heard about the historical Jesus. Like, if I say, could I introduce you to Jesus? They all say, um... My great uncle was a pastor, or I had a roommate that was very religious, or I uh, have a Bible, and I know there's some red letters in it, and I know there's a guy about Jesus. This morning, through a drive-thru, I said, I'm going to church, and she said, I went to Christian school. Like, I've just never met someone who didn't know something about the historical Jesus, but something very powerful happens when you become a believer. You're saying, Jesus doesn't live on the pages of history. He just lives. He's alive. And he's alive today. And even more than that, he lives in the lives of the people who put their faith in him. We're not talking about history. We're talking about a living, real person. We're not talking about subscribing to a set of principles. We're not uh, talking about subscribing to a set of rules. And that now we're entering into a list of rules that are going to hang up in our lives. And we're going to follow these rules. We're not talking about rules. We're not talking about a religion. We're not talking about rituals. We're talking about entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I love this scripture that, uh, that comes right after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. And there's just a couple of things I want you to catch in this. We talked about this several weeks ago. Jesus has raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. And when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priests decided to kill Lazarus too. For uh, Just notice this with me. The guy has died, has come back to life. He's threatening this system, and their idea to solve this problem is to kill him. He's already been dead and come back to life. I don't know what you think you're going to accomplish there, but they decide to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. And I'm always troubled by, by this statement that all the people heard of Jesus' arrival and came to see him. They wanted to meet him. But only many believed. They didn't all believe. Because there's always going to be a few people on the outset who say, I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced. Raising a guy back to life, that's not good enough for me. I mean, what else does he have to do? But you're always going to have some, no matter how great you say it, and no matter how good you talk about your testimony and what God has done in your life, and no matter what defense you give, there's always going to be some who don't believe. But many of the people believed in Jesus. Many 
did. And they came hearing about a man, and they knew something about him. But they left saying, I believe that what that man did for Lazarus, he can also ultimately do for me. And they left knowing, from knowing about someone, something to change to say, I believe in him. And I believe that what he can do, he can also do for me. And life changed from knowing about someone to believing Jesus could save them. Uh, the second change we're going to talk about is that when we are in Christ, our lives have changed from death to life. And I've preached this many, many times, and I'll keep doing it until it's just in the fabric and the language of our lives. And that is that sin does not make you bad. Sin doesn't make you a bad person. Like, yes, there are bad things, negative things that come from sin, but that's not the ultimate problem, is that we're bad. Sin, the consequence of sin is that it has a death sentence on your life, and you are dead. Without God, we are dead. We are spiritually dead. Sin doesn't make you bad. It makes you dead. You're far worse off than you ever thought. Like, doesn't, but we think it's about kindness. We think about if I get saved, that the ultimate goal is that I'm going to be a nicer person. And doesn't it just drive you nuts when your neighbors are nicer than you? Oh, it just drives me crazy that I have some neighbors and some friends that they're unbelievers, but they are a lot more kind than me. And they're so much nicer, and they do all these selfless acts of worship or of service and everything. And I'm like, that should be me. But they're unbelievers. And there's no act of kindness, there's no act of niceness that they're going to do that's going to move them from death to life. And there's no good deed that I'm going to do that finally God's going to say, well, that's good enough. Oh, thank you. I've been waiting for you to bake those cookies for someone. I've been waiting for you to go down and serve at that homeless shelter. I've been waiting for you to do that. Now we can move you from death to life. No, Christ said this problem is so big. I'm going to have to come from heaven to earth, die in your place, and rise from the dead. Because the problem isn't that you're not kind. The problem is that you're dead without me. And that life changes from death to life. And no one getting baptized, their message is not, well, I was a really, really mean person. Or I was a really, really bad dad or a bad mom. But now I'm standing before you today to say, I'm going to try really, really, really hard to be a better person. No, their message is, I couldn't do it on my own. And there's nothing good enough that I'm going to do to make up for being spiritually dead. And so this is why the picture of baptism, why did God give us this picture of baptism? Why is it important that we immerse people and dunk them under the water? Because it's representing something that happened. I, I mean, Jesus even entered into this this representation. Jesus got baptized under the water. He didn't walk into a river to splash around. No, he walked into a river to be dunked down into the river and be brought back up, to be immersed in the water and be brought back up. That's actually what the word baptism means. That, that's a simple word that just means to dip under the water. The word, get this, is not even an English word. So they, it's not even a word that's like translated into English and it was a different word in those times when they would use it. It's the same word they would have used. 
It's just a word that means go to any Greek dictionary on the planet and it's going to say baptism means to dip under the water just like you would baptize your clothes to clean your clothes. Like you're not just going to sprinkle some water on them. You're going to immerse them in the water. And that's what baptism means, to dip under the water. And every baptism in the Bible is by immersion. Now, this is interesting. Even the churches that practice more convenient methods would not disagree with what I just told you. They would not agree with, not disagree with anything that I just said. In fact, all the founders of the different denominations believe the same thing I just taught you. Martin Luther, the founder of the Lutheran Church. John Calvin, the founder of Presbyterian and Reformed Churches. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. Even the Catholic Encyclopedia, everyone agrees. Baptism is by immersion. That's how it was done in Scripture. That's really how we're taught to do it. It's just that other traditions and other things and other convenient methods came in along the way. And even, uh, even a lot of us come in uh, from a Catholic background, even the Catholic encyclopedia, like if you were to go to a priest and ask them to baptize you by immersion, they would do it because that's really what, in their faith, that's really what they believe, that that's just what baptism is, that's what it means, literally. Now, why was Jesus baptized? Well, it was a picture of what was coming. Jesus was dedicated by his parents at a, a, a young age, and uh, he wasn't dishonoring that by any means, but he's saying, now I'm coming forward and I'm making a choice that's going to point to the ultimate choice that I'm going to make in my life. And baptism, this is why we do it by immersion, because it's a picture of what happens when we trust in Christ as our Savior, that you put them down and you bring them back up, that you, just as Christ was dead, buried, and resurrected, we, are, we die with Christ buried with Christ, risen with Christ. On the back of your outline, I've just put some frequently asked questions that normally when I get to this point uh, that some people are going to ask me um, about baptism. And you may look through those and maybe one of those applies to you today. And, and I'm going to kind of talk through those or answer all those questions also in this message today. Uh, but you may want to look at that and see if that's you. But baptism at Rockbrook is going to uh, represent the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're going to say, me trying to be a good enough person for God? That's over. That's in the past. Bring me up quick, because I don't live under the water. Bring me up quick, because I've been dead long enough. Bring me up quick, because I'm rising with Christ. And when, we, when Christ went down to the depths for our sin, we went down. But when he was raised we were raised up to. Look at uh, Romans 6, 4 with me. It says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This is not a picture of good, of bad becoming good. You will not find that anywhere in the New Testament. If, it were, if that were the symbol, if that were the picture, we would have all brought shampoo with us today and really big brushes, and we would have got into that tub of water over there and shampooed everybody and tried to clean ourselves up and make us look a certain way. No, that's not the representation. We're going to dip people under the water, bring them back up, representing the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that just like Christ raised, we can be raised. And when we put in our faith in Jesus, that though we had a death sentence on our life because of our sin,
Now we have the gift of life that will never end. The third change that happens when you're in Christ is you're moving from being a fan of Jesus to a follower of Jesus. If you're taking notes, write that in. You're moving from a fan to a follower. This is what baptism represents. You're saying, I used to like Jesus a lot. Now I'm following him. I used to think he was wonderful. Now I'm saying he's the only way for me to walk and live my life. When the church was birthed, day one of the church, Jesus was preached. The gospel was preached. And Acts 2.41 says those who accepted his message were baptized. And it's amazing how many times you read through the book of Acts and you're going to see the statement, they believed and were baptized. They believed and were baptized. People getting baptized, they weren't just saying, I'm fond of Jesus. Especially then, they were saying, there's people in my life who are going to hate this. My family may hate this. My government may hate this. In fact, it, it very well may cost me my life, but I'm following Jesus. And they're going from an occasional Jesus person to an everyday Jesus follower. Now let's look at an amazing example of this in Scripture. Uh, I love this story. I didn't have room to put the whole story in your notes, but if you'll follow along on the screen, uh, it's in Acts 8, starting in verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, who was a Jesus follower, and he's sharing the gospel, he said, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, "Uh, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Look. Here is water. What could stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And Philip's going to tell him, if you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, nothing should stand in your way. You're right, let's go do it right now. This is how everyone in the Bible was baptized, spontaneous. No one planned it months in advance. They said, now let's do it now. Now is the time. I I love that. Who is it that stops the chariot to get baptized? It's the guy who just got saved. He's the one who pulls the cord on this train and says, stop this thing. We're doing this today. We're doing this right now. And if you have not been baptized, that's you today. That's you today. 
And I just ask you, what can stand in the way of you being baptized? What's standing in your way? And what I've found, it's, it's very simple things. Like people might say, well, I didn't come to church expecting to be baptized today, and I did not bring clothes or, or, or makeup or like unmentionables and different things that it's going to take for me to stand in front of a group of people and be baptized. And so we've just asked that question of what could stand in the way of people being baptized. And we've got clothes and, and we've got all those things that, that you're going to need and hair dryers and all that kind of stuff uh, to be baptized. And you might say, well, it's really cold out. And but yeah, but the water's really warm. And you might say, well, eight people got baptized last night. So what's that water like today? Well, we've put stuff in the water that it's okay. You can get baptized in the water uh, today. And some people are going to say, well, my family's not here. I want my family to be here for a a baptism, for a big day in my life like that. But you're not going to see anybody in the Bible wait around for their family to all come in town. They're going to pull the cord on this chariot and say, let's do this today. But we have someone videoing all the baptisms this weekend so you can send a video to your family and friends. But I don't know what the answer is to that question for you. What's standing in the way of you being baptized? Is it fear? Is it not wanting to dishonor your parents or your grandparents or something in your past? But I tell you, if they, if they dedicated you to God, they want you following God. They're going to be excited that you're taking a step to become a Jesus follower, another step of faith today. And that you're moving from being a fan of Jesus to a follower of Jesus. What's standing in your way? God's asking you to lay that down and follow him. When we are in Christ, our lives have changed from being a fan to being a follower, but they've also changed from me to we, because it used to be all about me, but now I'm coming forward to say my baptism is about we now. Like, God is with me. He's with me in this water. He's with me in my relationships. He's with me in my life. He's in my purpose, in my plan. And now it's we, and I want the whole world to know it's we. And I used to do things my way, but now I do things our way. And I used to do things in my own strength, and now I do things in the strength of Christ. And I used to be all about me getting what I want, and now it's about following Christ. And I used to be an individual, just rolling through life as an individual, and now I'm walking with someone. Matthew 10, 32, Jesus is speaking. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will also disown before my Father in heaven. He says, now that you've acknowledged me, you're part of this partnership where you've acknowledged me and I will never disown you. This verse reminds me of a day, uh, an amazing day that I had uh, with a friend. I've got this friend named Joe. And uh, Joe, he's about 10 years older than me. Uh, He was friends with my brother uh, growing up, so he's kind of like another older brother influence in my life. And Joe uh, is just kind of wild, and, and everybody really likes Joe. And he, in fact, he knows everybody. Like, what do you mean he knows everybody? He knows everybody. Like, he would, if he were here today, uh, he would talk to every single one of you 
and you would figure out that you've uh, either met before, that you know each other, or he would find the mutual people that you guys know to know how you know each other, and it always works out. I went on a hike with Joe in Alaska once, and it was supposed to be a three-hour hike, and it ended up taking all day because he would stop and talk with everyone we crossed paths with, and he would either know them or they would figure out how they knew each other. It was amazing. And so Joe, he's done lots of cool things in his life that um, anyone would love to do. For instance, uh, he was a Zamboni driver for a little while. Come on, there ain't a guy in this room that doesn't wish they'd driven a Zamboni at once, in, once in their life, right? He uh, used to tour manage and run sound for bands. So he tour managed and ran sound for Newsboys and, and other uh, big bands like that that you would know and have heard of. And so... Uh, there uh, was another band, a different band, that I really love. I love this band a lot, and they were playing in St. Louis. And Joe, uh, he lives in Alaska now. And so he flew down, just on a uh, last second, flew down to Kansas City and says, hey, you want to go see the band in St. Louis? And it was a band that he used to run sound and tour manage for. And I said, I'd absolutely love to. I'd love to go. So he didn't tell the band he was coming. He just wanted to surprise them. So we drive over to St. Louis, we get there in the early afternoon, and he just drives around to the back of the venue, and there's buses and semis back there, and they're unloading, they're setting up for the day, and there's people there that have gotten there way early, hoping to get uh, a picture with the band or an autograph or something like that, and uh, he just pulls up and parks and walks up to this rope, and there's security, and he just hops over the rope and starts walking up to the door and is going inside. And so I was kind of behind a little bit, so I walk up to the rope, and I'm stepping over, and a security guard stops me and says, who are you? And as the door is closing, and I can see Joe walking in, I say, uh, I'm with Joe. And the guy goes, oh, okay, go ahead. So I run up and walk in the door, and we meet the opening bands, and we watch sound check and everything. And, and at one point, I'm walking around, and this guy stops me and says, who are you? And I said, I'm with Joe. <laughs> Joe. And he says, oh, okay. So they finish up sound check, and then uh, they, uh, the band said, hey, we're going to go to dinner across the street. Joe, do you want to go to dinner with us? And Joe's like, yeah, I'd love to go to dinner. I'm thinking, I want to go to dinner too. So um, they're walking into the restaurant, and I walk in, and they're sitting around the tables, and I guess I had a habit of falling behind because they're kind of all seated down. I go to sit down, and this security guard or bodyguard stops me and says, who are you? And I said, don't you know, man, I'm with Joe. <laughs> like, Hello, I'm with Joe. Everybody, I'm with Joe. And so we sit down and have, have dinner with the band. And you know what's interesting is three people asked me that day, who are you? And I never told them who I was. Because it didn't matter who I was. I just told them who I was with. I'm with Joe. And nobody remembers me from that day. <laughs> and none of it was about me. And it didn't matter who I was. It only mattered who I was with. And because I was with Joe, I had a seat at the table. Because I was with Joe, I could walk into any room. And God says to you today, you're not just you anymore. You're with somebody. You are in Christ. 
and every environment and every door you walk into and every table you sit down and, and every dark night and every trial and every temptation and every bright day, everywhere you go, you're walking through the door with someone and you can say, hey, it's, just not, it's not just me anymore. I'm walking through this door with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm walking through this door with one who rules the heavens and the earth. Thank you very much. I'm with him. And it doesn't matter how amazing I am anymore and it doesn't matter how bad I am anymore and it doesn't matter how much I keep messing up and keep letting myself down because I'm with someone today and my story is I'm with him and he's with me and my life has changed and it's not me anymore it's we it's even more than that Galatians 3 26 through 27 says so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ it's not just me that happened, that this happened to, it happened to we. I'm a brother or sister in the family of God, and there's no changing that. And baptism is the doorway to a powerful we. It's the doorway to the church. It's the doorway to the family of God, and it's the doorway where you say, I'm all in. I'm in the family of God. But before any of that change could happen, something else had to happen. Before any change could happen to us, a change had to happen to somebody else. I want you to think about this with me today. We normally only think about our life that was changed, our marriage that was restored, our, our life being restored, our future coming into view. But I want us to remember that someone else had to voluntarily change their life before we could. And before we could ever say, I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ, Jesus had to voluntarily change his status and change who he was and change his life. Not on your notes, but just some changes that had to happen to Jesus. He, he changed from heavenly to earthly. Imagine that he had been forever heavenly before creation, before time. He dwelt in heaven until there, the day Heavenly changed to earthly, and a baby was born in Bethlehem. And Jesus said, I'd like everybody to know that I'm not just going to dabble in this. I'm going to fully immerse myself. Fully God, yes, but fully human. And not only that, his life changed from God's son to son of man. And if you look through scripture, Jesus is referred to as part of the Trinity, that he's the son of God, that he's always been the son of God, but never the son of man until Mary gave birth. And forever, Jesus is now the son of man. In fact, in heaven, he hasn't changed back to fully God. He is son of God and son of man. Scripture says you will see the, the nails, the scars in his hands. You will see the scars in his side. That he is forever the God-man. Because he chose to change his life. So that we could come from death to life. So that we could know him. Then there was a day when he changed his life from enthroned always been enthroned, enthroned in power. Speak a word and it comes into being. On the day he was crucified, one word he could have brought in a host of angels and blown that whole thing up. And he says, I voluntarily lay my life down. And yes, I am enthroned, but I'm going to be lifted up in a different way today. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And he was lifted up 
on a pole to die. And at three o'clock in the afternoon, his status changed again from alive to dead. And the Son of God, the Son of Man, for three days, that change just hung in the balance. The one who healed lepers, the one who raised the dead, the one who invited and welcomed the lowliest of sinners. It looked like all the peace, all the miracles, it had all come to an end. But aren't you glad that there was one more change? Because Jesus' life changed again from dead to alive. And he says, I'm changing your future and I'm changing the future and every nation, every tribe, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the rich, the poor, I'm changing it all and I'm making everyone a brand new creation so that anyone who puts their faith in Christ can become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And we don't regard one another as we used to because we see Christ for who he is. And we see that we are a brand new creation because we are in Christ. Let's pray together. And church, I'm actually going to ask you to stand with me as we pray today. We're going to stand united as one family. And just thank God for salvation. God, thank you that because of your work, we can be saved. God, thank you for bringing us from death to life. And God, we don't want to just be someone who's a fan, who stands back at a distance and is fond of of Jesus, but we want to be a Jesus follower. And God, we're thankful that we can stand today with a spiritual family to say it's, it's not just me anymore, it's we. Because we are in Christ. God, I pray for anyone who hasn't recognized that, who hasn't uh, taken the step of, of baptism, Uh, to show those things. I pray that you would just give them uh, the last little bit of courage to come forward and say, that's me today. And I'm pulling the cord on this train. I'm stopping this chariot. I'm saying, that's me today. And I pray you'd give them the courage to do that. Uh, For those who have been baptized, I pray that this would be a powerful remembrance of who they are in Christ. God, I pray that you would show us how we can follow you. And what the steps are in our life now to follow you, King Jesus. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.